Our scripture this morning is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom may I ask you, does the prophet say this? about himself or about someone else. Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were, as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our salvation. Amen. So it's in Acts 6 where Philip and uh, Stephen and five others are chosen to be deacons who, who serve the needy, who serve the elders. And the church, and then they had to be good men of good standing, full of the Spirit, wisdom, and for the work of service. So, so the the disciples, the twelve, they laid hands on them, and they blessed them for the and empowered them for this work of uh, of service. And in our church today, we have deacons that are that are set apart for the work of service. And it's kind of from this story that we get that, that name, Deacon. So it's a, it's a beautiful story. But then in the very next story in Acts is not such a happy story. It's the story of Stephen who's, who's confronted by angry people when he talks about Jesus. He's witnessing to his faith. 
He talks about Jesus and they get angry with him, so angry that they stone him to death. And it leads to a great persecution of Jews, uh, I mean of Christians there in, in Israel. And so the, the church in Jerusalem, they, when they're persecuted, they're under pressure, they spread out, they, they move around, they, they go to Judea, they go to Samaria. And it's interesting because uh, why would they go to Samaria? I, I, as I've been taught, Philip probably from a young age was taught not to really like Samaritans. We know this from the stories in the gospel. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't really get along so well. And they, they were taught, don't talk to them, don't walk with them, don't eat with them, don't hang out with them. And so here Philip goes to the Samaritans. And the Spirit leads him there to, the, to talk to the Samaritans. In the eighth chapter of, of Acts, we have that story of Philip um, reading and, and speaking Greek with the Samaritans who also read and spoke Greek. It's a Greek area. Not only did Philip tell them about Jesus, but he, he found that he had the gift of healing. So he healed people from epilepsy. He healed people from all kinds of different, uh, different problems that they had. And he baptized many Samaritans. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting how the church had set, set Philip aside for the work of service. But he found himself in a position where he had to pivot and do something different. I, I love that because so many times we're called to, we think we're called to do one thing and then the situation we find ourselves in, we have to do something else. We joke in, in the ministry as we, we, we want to be pastors because uh, we love God, we love the church, and then we find ourselves having to run a small business. And we're not really equipped for that, you know. And so that, that's kind of a inside joke I said that because Roger Short is here um, but so, so, so Philip has to pivot you know to, to figure out how to be uh, a minister to the Samaritans now um, while this is going on in Samaria he he has another uh, vision a spirit who speaks to him an angel appears to him and tells him to go to this desert road between Jerusalem and Gaza. I don't know how the messenger spoke this message. Um, I doubt that it was a cupid with wings. I doubt it looked cute. It might have just been an inner voice that, 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 that Philip listened to. I'm not sure. But, but a nudging message said, go to this road. And it's no small thing going to that road. He, because uh, where he was in Samaria, it's... it's north of, of Jericho, so he would have probably had to go down to Jericho, go from Jericho all the way up to Jerusalem. It's a pretty good, dangerous uh, journey up that road to Jerusalem. You, you know the story of the Good Samaritan. It's, it, it happened along that road because there was a lot of robbers. It was a dangerous place. So he had to go all the way up there and then take the, the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he went on toward the Mediterranean and up that road about 68 miles um, for that's that's no small thing. So he's on that road. He's going. What's he getting himself into? I don't think he knows. But the spirit urges him with this caravan, this, this 
chariot goes by. Go up and minister to that, that chariot. And so he's, he's running to keep up with the, with the chariot. So I bet he's sweaty, he's huffing and he's puffing and he hears this, this voice inside the chariot reading aloud, reading to himself. Um, the Greek the Greek Old Testament from the Septuagint and uh, from Isaiah 53. And he says to the person in that chariot, hey, do you want to know what that means? Do you know what you're reading? He said, how can I know unless someone guides me? So they stopped the chariot and, and he invites Philip to get in. And I don't know when it, when it was he realizes that the voice inside the chariot was a black man an Ethiopian, and he goes inside the chariot and come to find out this Ethiopian was a, a treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia, Queen Candace. So he's a very high um, person of high status, and he was rich in, in, that, in that culture. So he goes in there, and, and, and he does some, some interesting things. He, he, he does three things that I think that we can learn about witnessing. First thing, the scripture says, he opened his mouth. I don't know about you, but when I read that, he opened his mouth. That's kind of curious. We open our mouth to eat. We open our mouth to, when the dentist is looking at our teeth, we open our mouth to yawn. Um, why did he say he opened his mouth? You know, to speak, obviously. But I wonder if it's a deeper meaning there. He opened his mouth as if... The Spirit just moved through him. And it wasn't him maybe that was speaking, but the Spirit was moving through him to speak. And the, you know, we learn in our culture really through our eyes and our mind. You know, you go to school, what are you doing? You're enriching your mind. How do you do that? Through reading, through watching. But in that culture, you mainly learned through, your, through the ears and the mouth. It was an oral culture. So it's kind of different that there's stories that, that are told about how the closest way to the heart is through the ears. Um, not in the mind, but it's, it's what you experience orally. It's, it's, it's as if, you know, when you've been with, with cows, how they chew on their curd for a long time or their, their food, their grass, they, they, they you know, it's, there's this idea where you think about things and, you chew on it for a while. And, and maybe that this is, has something to do that. Spiritual food stays in the mouth. You have to chew on it for a while before we really figure it out. Secondly, um, it says that, that Philip started with scripture. It was the scripture that the Ethiopian was, was studying and had questions about. We said this a few weeks ago. In our, if we're going to be good witnesses... We start with where people are, with their questions. What is it that they're asking about? We start with their questions before we just tell them what they need to think. You know, we, we in the church are really bad. Okay, well, if you want to be a Christian, this is what you got to think. This is how you need to think, da-da-da-da-da. And we never really listen. Well, what's your questions? What, what, what do you have for, for us? What's your, what do you want to know about? Begin where they are. That's what Philip did. The third thing Philip tells, he tells the story of Jesus. It's very simple. He tells them the story of Jesus. And there's so many good stories. And we live in a culture that's hungry for good stories. 
I, I, uplifting stories. And in that culture too, they were hungry, I'm sure, for people who were for hungry of, for a good story. And you figure out how you can be part of that story. Where does your life experience intersect with that life experience? One of the reasons I like novels sometimes is, is if it's telling my story, if it's articulating something I've experienced that I didn't have the words to articulate. That's what good writers do. They help get down to a deep part of ourselves that help us articulate what we're experiencing and feeling. A good story does that. And I suspect that Philip probably told, as he's telling the stories of Jesus, he, he told how, he, how his life intersects with those stories. Minnie Wright, who is an African-American woman who's been attending our church, is joining this morning at the 8.30 service. She's probably already joined. I'm really glad. When I was asking her, I said, Minnie, why are you a Christian? She says, I'm just another woman at the well thirsty for God. That's your testimony. What story do you have that, that, that intersects with the story of Jesus? Um, my, our daughter, Hannah, um, on the day that she, she was killed by a tornado, that she had gone to the rehearsal, a rehearsal at my wife's church, the Goshen Methodist Church, about this Christmas, uh, Easter drama that, that, you know, it was a story about Jesus. And and, and she watched all the, the characters dressed in their costumes, you know, practice in the rehearsal. And she said to my wife, she said, I wanna be in the story. So Kelly went next door to the parsonage and made her a little, made a little costume, cut out something that she had and, and put it on her and took her back over there so she could be in the story. We wanna be in the story, in the Jesus story. What's the story, the larger story of God's love for us? What is that story? Maybe it, uh, it's, uh, it, you could tell this, maybe you relate to the story of the Good Samaritan. I went, I was a prodigal, and yet God's love welcomed me back. Or maybe your story is, I was the elder brother in the story of the prodigal, and I, I was, I'm pretty resentful and, and judgmental. Or, or I was a lost sheep, and Jesus came and loved me enough to look for me. I was hungry and, and God fed me and nourished me. I offered to God, I was like the little boy who had some fish and some loaves and I just offered what I had to God and then I couldn't believe it. God multiplied what I had to serve, to, to inspire others to, to give and to, so others can be fed. I'm just another man with a mental illness. You know, with that wonderful story of Jesus being and healing the man with the mental illness. I was, I'm just another Thomas who has so many doubts and questions. What story of Jesus do you relate to? My number one ambition was to make money. I was kind of like Matthew, kind of like Zacchaeus. And then I met Jesus and he helped me to become more generous. When we witness to our faith and we open our mouths, we, we listen to the questions of those we're witnessing to. And then we tell the story of Jesus, how our story interacts with, their, with Jesus's story. That is a wonderful witness. So Philip tells the Ethiopian 
about this story. And, uh, and, and, and they, he must have talked about baptism because they see some water and the Ethiopian says, you couldn't baptize me. What is it that would stop you from baptizing me in that water? It's very curious to me because the Ethiopian expected to be rejected. He expected not to be able to be baptized to become a Christian. And why is that? Not only is, uh, is, he, is he black, but he's a eunuch. He's sexually different. And so even in the Jewish law, they said anyone who is sexually different is not allowed to uh, gather in the assembly. You can't be in the temple. You know, they, they, there's such prejudice there. They, they, they put up these barriers. And so often we do that. We have these barriers with... We're prejudiced against people that are different. And I'm sure that Philip was, was taught all his life, just like he was taught not to hang out with Samaritans. Don't hang out with black people. Don't hang out with, with people that are sexually different. Don't walk with them. Don't talk with them. Don't, don't eat with them. Don't have anything to do with them. And the Spirit says to Philip, go ahead, baptize him. They stop the chariot. Philip and this black Ethiopian eunuch, they go down into the water and he baptizes him. It's as if the Spirit is trying to say, everyone is accepted by me. All are welcome in the kingdom. I, Jesus didn't come just for the Jews, but for all people. And then Philip is taken down the road to another place, Azotus. Some of the translations are kind of funny. It says, you know, he's snatched away. I don't get that. Not, it's, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of doubt how, you know, I don't know that Star Wars existed, but I don't know. I mean, you know, Star Trek, I'm you know, thinking, you know, the beam me up, Scotty, beam me up. I don't know about all that. Could be the Spirit of God, um, is trying to tell us in that scripture that the spirit moves in unexpected ways. And he goes on back toward, toward Caesarea by the sea. The next time we hear about this Philip is toward the, toward the end of Acts, the 21st chapter. Philip apparently has settled down in Caesarea. It's a beautiful place on the Mediterranean Sea and, he, and he's married and he has four daughters but what's unusual is these daughters are unmarried they're not married and you know what else they're prophets they're preachers they're teachers it's kind of interesting Philip now has been taught from an early age women are supposed to be silent women are supposed to you know not be preachers that's men's work Men, women are supposed to get married, have babies. And somehow Philip overcomes this prejudice, these barriers to allow and encourage his daughters to be leaders and teachers and preachers in the church. We read that uh, his old enemy Paul comes back through on his visit on his way to Jerusalem, his last trip to Jerusalem that we know of. 
And he stops and he stays with Philip and his daughters. And, and it's like Paul who, who is, you know, wrote, women need to be silent, is hanging out with these preaching women. It makes my heart happy. On his way to Jerusalem. Peter and Paul had been, had been taught from an early age, don't, don't talk to the Samaritans, don't hang out with black people, don't hang out with sexually different people, don't let women be preachers. And yet the Spirit urged them to overcome their prejudice, to drop their barriers, to expand how God can work in the world in unexpected ways. Let us pray. Help us, O oh God, to hear your spirit, how you call us to expand how we experience you so that we can be your people and accept all people and love all people as you do. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.